1: on, 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 lock, on, on, Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir?
0: I mean, it's it's ugly around here. The, the Cowboys lose a game that they feel like they should have won. You and I are both getting over being very sick. You're still sick
1: currently. I'm super sick. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of glum around here, to be honest, yeah, for good reason. It, it, it's, it's not a lot of fun right now in, in Cowboys' world. So let's go ahead and talk about the, the Cowboys' Week 10 game uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. They fell 28-24. Uh, It wasn't due to the quarterback play because Dak Prescott was heroic in this game, completing 28 of 46 passes for 397 yards and three touchdowns. did have an interception the very last play, but I'm not really counting that. Uh, It it was the running game that struggled for the Cowboys on offense. Ezekiel Elliott, 20 carries for 47 yards, 2.4 yards per carry. Uh, Landon, why couldn't the Cowboys get anything going on the run game? Well, I
0: mean, I, I, to me, and we got to see the tape, but to me, it, it felt like that's what Minnesota was focused on. I mean, it just felt like that's they would they were focused on not allowing Zeke to run the football, and and t-
1: at times though, there was other times over they had six defenders in the box, and the Cowboys were just getting whipped.
0: I mean, at, at times for sure. I, I just think that it, you know they they made a concerted effort to try to definitely not let Zeke beat them, and I think that's you know a good portion as to why. Uh, uh, they, you know, a lot of the uh, passing game was available to them. It's it's just the, the resources that they were expending up front. I, I think you know probably to uh, overcompensate for the loss of Linval jo- Joseph, but I, I you know I I think I think that the, the you know clearly there was there was uh ex execution issues you know especially like you said in times when the the box counts were favorable, um you know and and I just think that. They they played really good run defense at very different ports of the game. I mean, uh, to me, the the story of the game has nothing to do with the offense. Really, the story of the game is the defense.
1: The defense was. I, I agree. The defense is not getting enough criticism today. I, I, I listen. I know that Jason Garrett and Tavon Austin and the play calling that all deserves some. But see, some that's criticism. that's all but,
0: ridiculous, man. Like, not not ridiculous that they they don't they deserve blame. They absolutely do. But I mean, we should be go like we should be doing two days worth of talk on the defense before we even get to Tavon Austin's wow, one bad decision or or Jason Garrett and the perceived play calling issues at the end of the game. Like this team was about to score thirty one points on Minnesota, despite if not for two or three bad uh, plays near the end of that last drive uh, or the second to last drive, I guess it was. So. Uh, the, the story of the game is that the, the defense could not be trusted at all. And frankly, it, even if it, if you want to go back to why they were running RPOs or potentially even thinking about running the football in those drives where they, they turned the ball over on down, uh, it, it had everything to do with the fact that they had too much time left on the clock and they were trying to yeah. get some wind out some more of that clock because they knew their defense couldn't stop Minnesota. So uh, – You know, I think that the defense is where the vast majority of this uh, shaming should be going uh, because it was and and by pretty
1: high name players on the defense as well. Well, let's go ahead and do that, because I I am in complete agreement with you that this is another pathetic performance from the Cowboys defense. You were going against a Vikings team at home uh, that was compromised. Uh, Adam Thielen is one of the best receivers in the league, and he was not there. Uh, the Vikings lost multiple offensive linemen in-game, and yet they were still able to put up 28 points. Kirk Cousins was 23 of 32 for 220 yards, uh, two touchdowns. The Viking, Vikings as a team ran for 153 yards. Uh, what happened with the Cowboys' defense? Terrible uh, play in the middle of the defense, uh, the first and second
0: levels the defensive tackle and the linebacker play appears to be absolutely atrocious, missed tackles, uh, getting blocked, staying blocked, uh, people getting out of their gaps, you know, and this is a week after they, them playing maybe their best uh, 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 game as far as being where they're supposed to be in run fits and, and, and making tackles and that sort of thing, um. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it, whether it was Jalen or Layton or Sean Lee or anybody playing defensive tackle, really, I, I thought that they were getting pushed out of their out the way. Uh, offensive linemen were getting to the second level and putting linebackers on skates. Sometimes linebackers and the and the defensive backs were getting there, and defensive tackles were getting there and putting hits on on uh, on whether it was Madison or Cook. And they weren't able to bring him down. And um, it
1: was a lot of missed tackles. Yeah, the and and, a ton.
0: and honestly, if you number one problem in that game was missed tackles. Like uh, uh, I mean, without uh, without a doubt. Like I mean, the, the, the ability to the inability to, to bring down Cook or uh, uh, stop the screen game, despite getting multiple hits on him behind. I mean, the number of plays where we got hits uh, behind the line of scrimmage that turned into, you know, five yard plus plays. Uh, I mean, that's really all, all the difference. I mean, you turn what was supposed to be – there must have been like six or seven plays that should have been negative yardage plays for the, for the Vikings offense that ended up being not only solid gains but big gains for their offense. And, um, and, and you know, when you do that over and over consistently and then you can't seem to cover a tight end in the red zone –
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: I mean, you know, it's it changes the way that the offense has to play their game as well, uh, and it also puts a lot of pressure on the offense at the end of the game to have to do two things. One, score when they have the opportunity, but also kill enough clock that your defense isn't going to just give away the last uh, opportunity to score uh, at the end of the game.
1: All right, let's take one quick, quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about this defense. All right, Landon, one of my concerns in this game was just a lot of mental mistakes by Dallas. I, I mean, we can talk about the missed tackles. Obviously that's a, a, a huge issue for the Cowboys, but it just seemed like time and time again, they were making unforced errors in this game. Like, on the long screen pass to Dalvin Cook, they only had 10 guys on the field. Yeah, uh, the, Twice they had the Vikings in third down and somewhat long, third and seventh or and eight. And they got offsides penalties, making it a shorter conversion. How do the Cowboys cut back on those type of things? I mean, you know,
0: by not doing them. I mean, that's execution, yeah. man. Like, I, I don't really, it's frustrating to me because, you know, at this point, these are guys who are supposed to know better. You know, and and they're supposed to be a lot of these guys that we're talking about are supposed to be best at their position or cl- close to top of their position, and they sure as hell are not playing like that, at least not consistently. So uh, I, I think that you know the linebacker play needs to find a level of consistency, uh, a little a level of steadiness that it 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 hasn't had, frankly, for most of the year. Um, and I think that the other issue that could help that is. You know, getting some kind of steadying force in the middle of the defense that won't be moved. I, I just don't know that that player exists on this team right now. Uh, you know, Woods Woods is that guy who will make a play here and there, but it also will get pushed out of his gap and pushed down yeah, the field, way and too often, way too often. So, yeah, I, to me. I mean I think it's it's kind of a familiar tune, unfortunately. At this point, is that I don't I don't know if there's a team that's good enough to load up and run the ball down Dallas's throat. I don't know that Dallas has an answer for that right now, and that's a pretty
1: uh, glaring weakness to have for your team, mm-hmm. to be honest. It does feel like the last you know three teams that can really run the ball: the Rams, the Packers, and and the Vikings. They've basically been able to do that at will. The Cowboys have had no answers, uh, and it's just something that they're not able to take away right now. Um, I want to talk about the defensive backs for a second because it was another game where uh, I thought Chide- Chidobie Wuzier struggled. Uh, you didn't see a ton from Jordan Lewis. He didn't make a lot of plays. What do the Cowboys need to do to start making or creating some turnovers? Because uh, you know this is a game where if the Cowboys can create one two turnovers we're looking at a significantly different game but uh the vikings were able to control the clock all game long and really never had to worry about uh the cowboys putting any pressure on their offense i mean i think it's unfair you should probably include byron jones there i mean I, I, yeah you know yeah. byron
0: jones gave up at least two big third down conversions which is you know not great was not good yesterday um i i think that it was there was a uh just a lot of bad play on that defense yesterday. And, and I think that it, from people that we weren't necessarily expecting and, um, you know, I think that the defensive backfield, you know, look, I mean, I, I think that that's one thing, like it, it, we talked about how the Cowboys probably have a, a glaring weakness in this spot of the, of run defense. But on top of that, you can't also just allow them to convert those third down passes. I mean, like, look, they had like something I think was like five, uh what was it like they had more passing conversions um than they did running conversions i would say that a lot of that is buoyed by the fact that they've converted several with screen game passes yeah, but there were short se- passes but there were several different times when wide receivers beat the corners and just beat them you know and mostly it was stefan diggs which i understand he's a great player but you have to find a way to take advantage of the fact that they didn't have feeling and it was only Stephen diggs and and I, you know, it just didn't feel like, despite not putting up huge numbers for for cousins, it just didn't feel like the defensive backfield played well either, and and, and it really made things difficult for this defense when all, you know players on all three levels of your defense are not playing well.
1: Yeah, and when you you only get one sack on Kirk Cousins, I mean, I know they've improved their offensive line quite a bit, but uh, that's not enough. You need to pressure him more than that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the offense. We we didn't talk about it enough. One thing that people were uh, really criticizing last night during the game was the number of first down runs. Uh, Why? Why do you think the Cowboys were trying to be so run heavy on first down against this Vikings team? I, I mean, I think
0: the the idea was that they wanted to maintain balance against them, and I think that they, you know, they did want to. I think they did want Minnesota to continue to have to. Um honor the run now look we can get into the analytical conversation about this all all we want but i think at the end of the day we can also point out that zimmer is someone who will 100 percent buy into this regardless of whether or not it's the analytical conversation that he would definitely come out and be the type of defense coordinator that would come out and try to stop the run like that's something that he would do uh, yeah, and and if, whether you want to make the argument whether it's 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 prudent or not, that, I mean that's something that I feel like he did. So I think part of it was continuing to make Minnesota think about the run game. Now, I don't love that it was; it seemed to be, cons- uh, you know, like it was every first down that they were running the ball.
1: I I mean I understand five straight first downs at one point.
0: Yeah, I I, I understand. I get that. I, I will say that it felt like at least they were throwing the ball a lot on second down while running on
1: first down. Um, but so, so they had no choice though, because they were in second and 12 or second and 11 too often that they had to throw the ball though. Right. Okay. But I mean, they were also getting it done. Like,
0: I mean, the, the plan was on offense, wasn't not working, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like to a certain degree, it's just when things broke down, uh, they didn't have an answer at, at key moments. And and when they were pressed and they were trying to have that, but when they didn't succeed at the end of the game was when they were asked to do two things. They were asked to score the game-winning touchdown, but leave the defense no time on the clock. And I think what it did is it put the it put their uh, that was an easy thing to do all the way up into the red zone. And then now, when you're in the red zone, it's it you know, the, the angles change, the zones are shorter. It's a lot more difficult, sle- you know, sledding. It's harder to accomplish two goals at once. And I think they. Uh, failed at suffering, you know, uh, trying to serve two masters, trying to run the clock out while scoring the last drive, scoring on the last drive.
1: That's fine. Uh, Let's take one more break and we'll come back and we're going to talk about some maybe positive takeaways from this game. part of the Locked
2: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Landon, uh, I guess the biggest takeaway from this game is that Dak Prescott is a superstar, right? That, that's got to be the biggest takeaway in general, right? Uh, y- yes. Well, I mean, if you didn't believe that other before. Than defense, other uh, than, uh, well, yes. But it, t- to me, this game felt like one of those ones where Dak Prescott is elevating his team to a level that we haven't seen before, where the rest of the team is playing so poorly uh, other than Prescott and the receivers, I was gonna but say, to, but he, <laughs> but he's able, right? But the passing game was able to keep this game alive, and would you know maybe they shouldn't have been able to have the you know have a chance to take the lead at the end of the game.
0: My my argument was not that was not that the offense wasn't that way, or that that uh, that Dak isn't a, a superstar, or that Dak didn't have a breakout game last night. That was not what I'm arguing. My argument is that. Amari Cooper is the guy that I think that yeah. came out of the game shining the most. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like what he was able to do on the sideline uh, for most of the night. Like that, for him to get three of those toe-touch catches in one game. Was, and that's like it's not a big deal. Or I anything. mean, like it's just routine. It was unbelievable. I, I, yeah, his performance uh, across the board was something to, to behold, I will say. I, I think that, that we would be remiss. To just be rewarding, uh, 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 you know, Dak, who I think again had a fantastic game, and it wasn't just all Amari Cooper, but I think Amari Cooper is someone that definitely needs to be mentioned because he had one of his very best games as a as a technician, uh, and and was basically able to do whatever he wanted to do.
1: Yeah, and I, to me, I just thought, and this is weird, but every time that Prescott handed the ball off, I felt like it was a win for the defense, just because. I felt like he was in such a rhythm that game. It didn't matter if it was first and ten, third and fifteen. He just he, he felt like he was in complete control, and I'm not sure that I've seen that mastery of the the offense yet. I, I, this is the first game where it felt like he's really on the same caliber as Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Where you know, once he's in a groove, you can't do anything to stop him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, he certainly is playing at a level that. We didn't expect before the season, I would say. I, I, he's playing uh, at an MVP level at this point. It's hard to argue.
1: All right, so the Cowboys are now 5-4. and four. Uh, They've got a game for the Lions, with the Lions next week. Where do they go from here? Because uh, I think the, the chances of them, them grabbing a wild card are pretty much out the door now, now that they don't have a tiebreaker with Minnesota. Uh, they're still first place in the division. Do we feel good about this team with seven games left? Do we feel like it's still a playoff caliber team? I, st- I, I mean, I think
0: they're still playoff caliber, I guess. I mean, I mean, that's not really the – the question is, is are, what are they going to do when they get to the playoffs? And I think that's where you're starting to have your concerns. I think they likely still make the playoffs just because they are still above 500. I think they, they clearly have the Eagles number in some way. I, I think they'll probably have similar success uh, playing the Eagles later. I, I think it's going to be difficult for uh, – uh, them, I think it's possible for them to lose the division. But I think at this point they have a good, a good grip on it. But I mean, that's not really what we're doing here. Like we're we're here to like get past where we've been previously. So right, because
1: winning the division and getting out in the first round does not matter.
0: Yeah. Uh. So I, you know, I and I don't know. I mean, obviously this continues to put that into question. I mean, the Cowboys admittedly have not beaten a good team yet this season, really. Um. And so. I, You know, I, it's hard to kind of put a finger on it. And, again, I don't even think that that's because you don't know. I think it's because it seems like week to week uh, a different team comes out. You know, it's like right. one week it's dominant defense, one week it's terrible offense, and the next week it flips, well, the next week it's both, next week it's neither. It's like they need to find some kind of consistency, you know, on both sides of the ball at this point it feels like the offense is trending in the right direction. And it felt like the defense was trending in the right direction until this game. So I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a difficult road ahead. It's even though it looks like it's been easier than what we thought before the season, there's We're going to have to find out a lot of things about this team, you know, to figure out if they're really got what it takes to advance the ball further than they have in previous seasons.
1: Yeah. Dallas is just lucky. They're in maybe the worst division in football with, you know, you're sitting at five and four and you still have a game, you know, you're half a game up on the Eagles. Uh, they have some time to correct this. Obviously the schedule gets more difficult going forward. But man, this team's got a lot of holes they gotta work on over the next few weeks. Alright, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time.